Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 35, part A. This is the first in a series of podcast episodes we're going to be releasing all about the cities of Sigmar. We're going to be deep diving all into this battle time, getting all up in that good city's goodness. Um, and this first part, part A, is going to be on the law. So we're going to go through the law around cities of Sigmar. And as ever, I am joined by James. How are you doing, James? Yeah, good. Thanks, Chris. How you going, man? I'm good. Surviving, keeping myself indoors. Yeah, time of recording. We're, um, yeah, it's everyone's, most people are probably working from home at this stage or, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of, it's pretty grim times out there, but I think um, hopefully, hopefully everyone's keeping their chin up and the, uh, the government seems to be stepping in and doing as much as it can to try and help us out. So that's all good, but yeah, it's, it's interesting times, isn't it? It's Stay definitely inside. interesting time. <laughs> It's it's a time that makes me grateful that I have a hobby like this that can use up lots of uh, spare time and requires me to be inside. Yeah. So um, at least it's something where I think next, well, later this year, hopefully, um, if not next year, we're going to see lots of really nicely painted armies and, and stuff yeah. like that, I think. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, it's kind of, um, I know like there's some events that we're being we were planning to go to like the the dollars event and stuff like that um, unfortunately had to get cancelled um but it's kind of in a way it's taken the pressure off uh trying to get this army done in time <laughs> so i was actually worried a little bit worried that i wasn't going to get it done in time so um yeah with that removed it's i've just i've just gone into this real relaxed hobby phase now where it's, i'm just doing it at my own pace and just enjoying it like i'm spending that extra bit of time on on different parts of the models and things like that so yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of really nicely painted armies coming out because of that sort of thing. It's going to be really yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in exactly the same boat. I actually don't think I was going to get my army finished, or certainly not to anywhere near the standard I would have hoped yeah. uh, for the event. Um, but I have kind of lost motivation to paint it because I know the event's not happening now. So um, I've, yeah. I've, been, <laughs> I've been painting other things. I've kind of been going back and I got the new Seraphon pyramid and I've been going back and I painted yeah, cool. that up and, and stuff like that. So I've still yeah. been painting and hobbying, but yeah, the, the KO is kind of, it's to my, to, to my left of my desk. Um, and I, I will go back to painting it so that it is ready for when the event does happen. Cause I definitely still want to go to the yeah. event when they're able to go on. Oh yeah. The event's still going to go ahead. It's just, you know, just going to wait and wait for the, the right time, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to keep going on with my, with my um army project as well. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Just um, exploring all the new sort of stuff I've been trying lately and everything. So, yeah, it's been very enjoyable. So I'm just going to keep going down that track. Awesome. Right. Well, without further ado, shall we crack into Cities of Sigmar, the law? Yeah, definitely. So what are the Cities of Sigmar? There's seven of them. Well, there's lots more than seven, but there's seven main ones, I guess. So they are Hammerhall, Living City, Greywater Fastness, Phoenicium, Anvilgard, Hallowheart, and Tempest's Eye. And all we're going to do is we're going to go through them one by one, and we're just going to give you a bit of information about the background that's in the battle time for each of the cities. Um, being honest, it is actually quite light on. Um, I don't know about you, James, but I, I felt that it was actually quite light on the on the narrative, on the lore um, for each of these cities. There's only really a couple of pages, or a page and a story. Um, yeah that's kind of it just it, it's I guess it's just a couple of page summary for each city just to kind of give you a flavor and then the um yeah then a two-page like little short story just to give you a sort of window into a, into what it might be like to fight in one of their armies 
Yeah. Kind of get um, into the culture and all the, the fighting or the fighting spirit of each army and how they kind of interact with each other and the environment around them. Yeah. Um, so these cities, they're either in Gairan or Akshi. Um, yep. So early days in the in the campaign for the Realmgate Wars, I think Akshi and Gairan were the two realms where Sigmar probably had the most success in making inroads into driving back chaos and was able to establish these these big um, bastions of order, I guess, in, in the mortal realms, certainly in those two. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, people might remember the Seeds of Hope campaign a few years ago now, which I um, kind of... Uh, established um, Hammerhell, Tempest Eye, Hallow Heart, and Phoenicium. So, yeah, that's carried on through um, through the Age of Sigma from there. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's gone through. We've got the the Necroquakes happened, and now this book's come out, and we're kind of at the point now where these cities are sort of more or less fully fledged, and we've got full standing armies and uh, ready to rock the world of chaos. <laughs> Yeah. So the first city, Hammerhall, the twin-tailed city. So the twin-tailed city is a shining embodiment of the civilization that the God King wishes to forge, a realm-spanning megapolis home to countless souls. It consists of two great metropolises, Hammerhall Aksha and Hammerhall Gyra, linked together by the great Stormrift Realm Gate. So that's pretty cool. You've got these two big cities that are literally either side of a realm gate. So Sigmar is able in one place to have kind of a city that essentially spans two realms yeah. um yeah, and cool. it's it's this is his i guess yeah his idea of what he wants everywhere is he wants citizens of kind of every every nation um like hammerhall is home to all of the factions that you could possibly find you've got um like you've got your anvil guard kind of Corsairs that mainly living in Amblegard, but you'd find everyone in in Hammerhall. So you've got Corsairs, yeah. you've got the Phoenix Temple, um, all, all that stuff is all in Hammerhall. Um, yeah, it's kind of obviously... the it's like the, the, the it's like diversity central. You've got everyone has a piece or has a little corner somewhere in um, Hammerhall. Yeah, and obviously the Stormcaster keeping watch over the streets in all of the cities. Um, there's lots of mention of the. The Lord Veritants looking out for any sign of um, corruption, uh, oh, yeah. of, cha of chaos, and you don't want to see the Lord Veritants coming. No. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of terrifying that the thought of them that he's like, you know, Stormcast are supposed to be the good guys, but at the same time, they're this, um, I guess, this righteous fist of judgment. So if you have like any taint, <laughs> you, you're, you're pretty much <laughs> as good as dead. <laughs> It's kind of, yeah. It kind of mirrors the um, it mirrors the whole Inquisition thing in 40k and all that sort of stuff. I reckon, like that whole kind of um, you know worshiping of the Emperor kind of stuff kind of mirrored. Yeah, in there, just I, Sigma. Yeah, I wouldn't they, know. Hashtag not a 40k podcaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, that's cool. Yeah, it's there's definitely a darker side to the Stormcast oh, that yeah, they brought that they brought in recently, which I like. Like. They so the will malign, malign portents. I think they had that story where the Knights Excelsius um slaughtered this whole village kind of thing. Yeah. It was kind of when I first read that, I was like, Whoa, okay, yeah, Stormcast, not not quite so friendly. <laughs> yeah, I um I listened to the uh Ghoul Slayer audiobook uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there's um there's a Stormcast in that that's uh, got a bit of a dark past, shall we say? Oh, yeah, <laughs> he's a bit he's a bit broken, which is quite yeah. cool. Um, 
Yeah, well, Hammer yeah, is kind of like the. It's. They, I kind of feel like it's. It's the poster boy city, kind of thing. Yeah, they've got lots of like they've they've got big vaults, um, which says they've got lots of wonders and treasures from across the realms. Mm. Um, so they've obviously got kind of things that they've got from Gairan and actually, but I think they also collect things and they kind of have the main vaults for where they're storing all of the the treasures from the realms that Sigmar has reclaimed. Um, mm. But yeah, otherwise it's I guess fairly standard. Um, it's all about martial excellence and and things like that. But I think the the one the cool thing that stood out to me when I was reading it is that it's got these um, like cog forts that are on the on the city's edge, and they're always um, like they roll like out in front of the city on these kind of iron tracks, and they like are constantly expanding the city's borders. So it's this like ever expanding city as well that's going out, and there's all these cog forts. So it kind of reminded me of um, Peter Jackson movie Mortal Engines from a few oh, years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, totally cool. I, I quite enjoyed that movie. It was good. Yeah, it was cool. Um, bit different. So yeah, bit, it, it gave. Yeah. There's some modeling opportunity there potentially for people to do these kind of big cog forts, cities yeah. on on the edge of a board or something could be quite cool. Yeah, one thing that I really liked about the city it was uh, how they kind of, from the realm of actually, they've got all the, the lava and everything, they kind of pipe that through the realm gate into um, the Gairan part of the city and they create this kind of fiery moat around the Hammerhole um, Gyra to stop the like the ravaging um, jungles from growing into the city and taking it over. Yeah, it's really cool. It kind of says that they the two parts of the city have this like symbiotic relationship where yeah. the part from actually helps defend Gyra and Gyra and gives it like um gardens um for actually so they can like grow um like plants and stuff like that yeah yeah one's like the bread basket the other one's the military might industrial section sort of thing cool. yeah yeah cool um anything else you wanted to say about um hammer hall or should we move on no that's it move on cool so the living city um james tell people about the living city so the Living City was one of the, the first um, cities that came to be in the Jade Kingdoms. So it was raised by Lady Elariel, the Ever Queen, from the stone and iron oak of the Jade Kingdoms. The Living City is a natural bulwark against the savage powers of the realms, a mighty woodland city ringed by thorn-studded towers and walls of choking vines. <laughs> so this is one that's uh, kind of focusing a lot more on the Wanderers, Sylvaneth, and the, the Free Guild kind of allying together. Um, so there's a standing army called the Viridian Shield, and they're trained to fight amidst like all the the labyrinth of the um, the ever ever spring uh, swathe, I think it's called. Yeah. So they kind of they're all about sort of those sudden assaults and barrages of missiles and flanking attacks and like just to whittle down numbers and then sort of disappear into the woods again. So it's like those kind of like I guess like classic sort of wood elf tactics, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, with mixed in with the the Sylvaneth, and you've got the Free Guild and and all that in there. The Nomad Princes um, says they make that make up the majority of their military leaders. So Living City could be a really cool army if you really loved your um, really love your your Wood Elf um, theme, your, sort of your Wanderers and stuff, your yeah. Wanderers and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, so, I like it because it's. Uh, the Stormcasts that are mainly here are the Hallowed Knights, um, because it's oh, yeah. Yeah. It, the city was founded after um, 
way back then it's probably about three years ago now when um one of the books from the um realm gate wars saga had the hallowed knights have to take the seed pod away across um like the ocean to get away from the pursuing nurgle army and the hallowed knights helped defend the sylvaneth so they could get it to safety and then be able to to plant the um the seed yeah. pod so that Alarial could be reborn yeah um, was, that was from the wardens of the ever queen um, yeah which is sigma novel seal Werner. so the, um in that original realm gate series yeah that was that was cool that was one of the books that had stuck with me um and it yeah. made me do my display board for i think it was briscon like three years ago or something i did the i did the guardians of Alarial formation and I yeah that's right I had own, that was like one that, that had the storm oh, sorry had the realm gate was yes it, so it, had, it, it had the ice it had the ice um and then it went into the the wood um but no that battalion it didn't have a, a realm gate it was just oh, it, must be it was a mix mix of sylvaneth i think that's the iron jaws one um but it was a mix of sylvaneth and um stormcast so you had like the lord castellan and then you had some yeah. liberators and judicators and then you had some tree lords and stuff like that so um yeah. Yeah, I, I I liked that, and um, kind of that story led to then the founding of the Living City, and um, Alarial wanted to kind of recognise Sigmar's help um, in essentially helping her to survive, and uh, so yeah. she let she let the um, Hallowed Knights erect the Oaken Spire um, at its heart, which is an immense storm keep, which is the foremost stronghold of uh, the Gairan Guard. Who are the sworn protectors of the Jade Kingdoms, um, which is pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, cool. That's the Living City, pretty much. It's it's that it's that uh, it's that Sylvanethy, wandery, wandery, free guildy. But um, there's that kind of there's a lot of opportunity to because like with, with each army, or sorry, with each, with each city, you can access all the. Um, all the war scrolls um so you can really go to town with your theme and you know you can paint you can paint your dwarves in sort of foresty themes and stuff like that or you can just kind of really uh, go to town with some of your conversions and stuff like that yeah definitely um i think we'll maybe touch on some comments at at, at the end around the, yeah, about the, law. the how how the law and <laughs> the, the law gaming and the, the rules how the law and the gaming kind of match yeah. um but yeah, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to mention about the Living City, or should we move on to uh, Greywater Fastness? Yeah, let's let's move on. Cool. So, uh, Greywater Fastness is kind of the industrial city that's got all of the kind of, I guess, mainly the, most of the Iron World Arsenal stuff. Um, so, what would have been all the old Empire and uh, Dwarven kind of war machines, um, like cannons and things like that, are all here. So. Uh, the industrial behemoth of Greywater Fastness rises from the centre of a vast magic-blasted mire. Though it resides in the realm of life, this is no verdant garden city. Looming over the landscape like a great metal beetle, it is a place of churning refineries, smog-shrouded warrens, and ironworld gun foundries. Yeah. This is the city that uh, they had, I think in their history, they had a massive siege, and they just from chaos and they just blasted their way out of it and just totally destroyed the landscape around them yeah so the um yeah i think there was uh, a big beastman kind of uh, attack on the city and they uh 
it was during uh, the season of war i think the uh the gun yeah. batteries and the luminarca rays of the yeah. collegiate arcanum just went crazy and like absolutely uh decimated the yeah. beasts but there was so much like power and gunshot and everything like that that it completely like rendered the land around the city like completely uninhabitable um yeah. and it's now known as the ghoulmere yeah 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 that's cool <laughs> so um bit of overkill yeah. there it's kind of like it, it evokes those images of like world war one um western front kind of churned up earth kind of um image imagery for me <laughs> yeah um but it's really interesting as well because of that um the sylvaneth absolutely hate like gray water fastness and, and yeah they're always kind of trying to attack the city um and it's only really kind of Alarial that keeps them at bay um there's it's kind of fair what... enough you know like <laughs> they kind of just they, in a way they kind of destroyed the landscape more than like more thoroughly than any chaos army ever really could <laughs> yeah they may have protect they may have protected the life but it's kind of a, at what cost like Huge if cost, if yeah. if human life is okay but then obviously Alarial and the sylvaneth value plant life and and yeah. stuff like that so um yeah but there was there was one sylvaneth he's a a tree lord that was really um really angry the pale oak and he he kind of just won't let up on trying to attack gray water fastness and i think it it took alarial herself to actually be like okay you need to stop now yeah. um but they've still like it's kind of this uneasy truce where they basically agreed that there's one road in and one road out that the yeah. sylvaneth will let them use um but other than that it's kind of fair game <laughs> yeah, yeah well and i guess in that way because they've encircled the the city like that they're protecting they're protecting the city as well as um kind of keeping them boxed in at the same time it's kind of like, yeah like you said like it's just fair game yeah get this image um, of like just a massive sort of no man's land which i suppose is the the ghoul mere um in between the city and, and the, the surrounding forests and stuff but but I think, yeah, the main sort of thrust of this army, like from what I'm getting from the theme here, it's just all about the gunpowder. It's all about the guns, the Ironweld Arsenal, um, Dwarden and um, and Free Guild, Dispossessed, Ironbreakers, Iron Drakes, all that kind of stuff, like that real kind of classic uh, classic sort of Dwarden yeah. army, what you would sort of think of with all the cannons and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah if that is it, uh, firepower's for you, then great, great water fastness is the way to go. Yeah, it's interesting because it says that like um, they have the Grey Water Battalion, which is um, like made up of elite regiments of uh, handgunners, and they're known as the Grey Caps because they wear grey caps. Yep. Um, but they have become kind of the ruling body almost of the city, uh, even though they actually have kind of their, I guess, military generals and ruling council it's really the gray caps that kind of rule yeah, and, and, and control everything yeah. um so yeah they're they're these kind of should just be soldiers but they're they're almost revered because of their reputation um and they just if they need more if they need more bullets they get more bullets yeah and, um, <laughs> and stuff but yeah it's cool though i've uh, i've also been listening to um another one of the audiobooks uh dark harvest and that is that touches on grey water fastness quite a lot it's focused okay. it's it's focused around it um or the guy leaves grey water fastness so it it brings up 
um, kind of how dangerous the route is and how terrified everyone is of the Sylvaneth if they stray off the path. Um, and <laughs> and it really, it makes the Sylvaneth out as really quite terrifying, evil kinda. and yeah, terrifying. Right. And they yeah. like, will they will like, it has like Sylvaneth children. It says, or they speak in like children's voice and they like lure them off. Um, they lure them off the path and then they laugh at them with children's voices and they like drag them into the mire and the swamps and yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty um dark. It's, like Stephen, it's like Stephen King has started writing for Black uh, for Black Library or something. Yeah, it's quite cool. It's um it's Josh Reynolds and he's one of the good age of Sigma authors, oh, I yeah, think. Yeah. But it's I think it's in their like horror, like Warhammer horror section rather than oh, the yes. Sigma section. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a bit darker, and it's um, yeah. yeah, it's quite cool. I'm enjoying it so far. A bit so. more adult, not so yeah, not so much for the kids that one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but that's no, cool. Yeah, I kind of I quite enjoyed the uh, the, the the short story um, attached to Grey Water Fastness as well. It's just basically just uh, the grey caps just um, holding down this um, position, and um, just the the just the relationship between the the captain and his men and just the kind of disdain they have for for everyone else and um but they completely rely upon each other to back each other up but then there's this kind of this rivalry between um you know the free guild and the um and the, the and the Dwarden. yeah but um yeah it was just it was just cool to see that kind of rough and tumble kind of never give up never never um you know give no quarter none taken kind of thing so yeah it's cool yeah, uh, they literally say just like keep shooting. I think it's yeah, like just keep firing. <laughs> they just basically want like who told you to stop firing? Like when I say <laughs> continuous rain of fire, I mean continuous rain of fire. Like you could definitely understand how the ghoul beer happened, and they would have just been blasting every single cannon and like yeah. organ gun and hurricaneum and luminar constantly. Like you can see it happening. They're just like yeah. keep shooting. Can you see anyone? Keep shooting. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, so, yeah, cool. it's quite funny. Grey World of Fastness, very cool. It's probably one of my more one of the ones I lean a bit more towards in terms of lore. Mm. You should yeah. listen to the audio audio book then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to get that those details off you. Um, right. Should we move on to the Phoenicium? Phoenicium. So the Phoenicium, despite the grandeur of its gleaming spires and autumnal gardens, the city of the Phoenix in Garan is a strange and haunting place. Its walls are shaped from ancient amber and preserved forever within them are those who sought and failed to lay waste to the city in centuries past. So it's kind of cool because this it was like this city that was engulfed in ancient times. It was engulfed in this sort of amber. This giant glacier of hardened amber had solidified the um, the whole city. It's like a tidal, a tidal wave of um, sap was released. Um, and so, yeah, they've come back to the city and there's, there's all these people and things are all hardened inside the amber and everything like that. So they're kind of carving their way back through and creating a new city out of it, which is, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. It's a different kind of spin on things, which I, yeah, it's quite cool. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's, um, it was a city like at the base of a, a mountain, right? The Arborean mountain. And, yeah. um, like the, there was a big battle and the, the, the lower slopes of the mountain kind of would, would broken open and that, launched this kind of tidal wave of yeah the sticky kind of sap which engulfed everyone in the battle yeah. and yeah it turned it into this i almost imagine it to be like a, a snow globe kind of this moment trapped in time of this city with this these whole armies just trapped in in this amber yeah um and then yeah the um 
the kind of the um, Phoenix Temple elves found it and then they kind of watched. It says the, the elves watched in astonishment as the flame spire and frost heart phoenixes took to the air and as they kind of flew back and forth over the city um, like with their kind of sorceress energy trailing off like their wings and their, their tails and things. And it formed like this mist and it melted all the amber and that kind of yeah. made the city be accessible again. And that's kind of where they've built the Phoenicium. Yeah. And the mist kind of acts, acts like a, almost like a force field as well. It says the um, enemies that strayed too close to the mist had transformed into amber statues and added to the ramparts. <laughs> so it's kind of, yeah, that's cool. Get too close, you'll be turned to amber. How do you get past? How do you get through that? <laughs> yeah. Fly, I guess. So, <laughs> Magic. <laughs> yeah. So this one is, um, that's kind of, that's really it in terms of the law. It's just this city of mm. amber that the phoenixes are naturally attuned to. Um, but it's very much all about the the phoenix temple. Uh, it doesn't yeah. really meant. It doesn't really give you any idea of um, any of the other races kind of in in yeah. in Phoenicium. It is pretty much suggested that it's basically the city of where yeah the phoenixes and the phoenix guard are. Um, yeah. It doesn't even really mention the stormcast either. So. Um, it's, yeah, just, it's quite just interesting. One. Now, I can't see anything about Stormcast in it. So it's it's an elf elven stronghold uh, for the Phoenix Guard. Yeah, that's it. Pretty um, much. Yeah, it's it's quite cool. Like it was one of the ones where like people like the Phoenixes and and the idea of having like this army of of the Phoenixes is quite cool. But then once you just go, okay, well that's the city. Like it it was kind of covered in amber, and then they found it, and the Phoenixes like were attuned to the amber that there's not really much more you can go there law wise, which I guess means you can do your own thing, but yeah, there is a storm. There is a storm host. It's the lions of Sigma. So they says they're a proud yet reclusive storm host, which occupy the golden castrum and amber and amber storm keep at the center of the city. So yes, they still have, they've got a storm stormcast contingent there, but they kind of emphasize here as well that uh, it's more of a beacon. They see it as more of a beacon of culture rather than a big military stronghold. Yeah. So it's very, very typical Elvish kind of attitude, like very high, um, high cultured um, with uh, war, you know, war being a kind of a side, a side point. That's something they just have to do to preserve their, um, to preserve their culture and knowledge and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And it kind of, it says that, and the Lions of Sigma are like a reclusive storm host by nature anyway. So they, Mm. and their stronghold is at the center of the city. So they kind of don't, they have a stronghold there, but they don't have like a huge presence. They kind of keep themselves to themselves anyway. So it is, mm. yeah, it is pretty yeah. much a city of just the Phoenix Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. Should we move on to Amblegard? Amblegard, yes. Amblegard's so, kind of a, a dark sort of place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. It's um, the harsh frontier port of Amblegard borders the sweltering jungles of the Charwin Coast in Akshi, a region known for its monstrous wildlife. Though the city presents a sombre traditionalist front, scores of elven outcasts have found opportunity here, including beast hunters, corsairs, and the secretive leaders of the Darkling Covens. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's the, it's the Darkling Covens, um, sort of the yeah that aesthetic um, from the uh, you know the old dark elf uh, models that have been incorporated into this uh, very strongly. So yeah, you just got the the conjuring imagery of like a really dark sort of ports and docks and um sort of dens of 
you know, dens of gambling and all sorts of crime and piracy and, you know, sordid affairs going on in the underbelly of this city. Yeah, like the whole actual city is actually kind of run by um, this kind of, I guess, shadow council um, known as yep. the Black Scale Coil. And it's got yep. kind of, yeah, sorceresses from the Darkened Covens, like Beastmasters of Order Serpentis. Um, yep. It's got the Fleetmasters, like the Scourge Runners. And um, they all kind of just manipulate everything that's going on and they penetrate like every kind of military and like social stratum in the city. So they're... Yeah as much as the military kind of thing and uh, and the main city council think they run the place it's actually all kind of nothing goes down that the black scale coil don't want um yeah and it's they, kind of like they so they're run by the mafia the city's run by yeah <laughs> and if they want someone dead they'll be dead but they'll be done in a very silent and discreet kind of way so that they can't come yeah. back to them which is quite cool yeah. um but what i think i like about this is it's not just like it doesn't just say oh it's shadowy and and gloomy to give that kind of because that's the environment you want for these guys but it actually gives a reason that's kind yeah. of plausible in the realms for how and why it's shadowy and gloomy so the city kind of is perpetually in this kind of greeny haze um and the reason for that is because it's in uh actually it's by um the it's kind of in this area called the cru the crucible of life which is in the middle of like a sweltering jungle um, which is it's encircled by like a volcanic mountain range so th the mountains are constantly erupting lava and everything but then once that's all finished and settled the like flora grows back really really quickly like an, it's like infused with the the magic of Akshi so yeah. it it grows back with unnatural aggressiveness and so it would it would overwhelm the city but the uh, the iron world chemists develop these um noxious defoliants which are constantly spewing from um big like dragon-headed guard towers all around the city um and the chemical is obviously harmless to the inhabitants but it keeps the kind of uh life plant away. life from mm. overrunning the city so it's it's kind of a nice way of going right this high fantasy setting in the realms mm. but keeping a city within that and then that kind of leading to this dark gloomy kind yeah. of foggy vibe that suits the the uh, the the shadows that they want yeah and it gives that extra dimension to to the realms as well because you know obviously the realm of fire realm of ac actually um kind of conjures this imagery of you know volcanoes and um lava coming up through the ground everywhere everything's hot everything's burning all the time well actually in there's parts that are habitable because otherwise how are people going to live there and there's these wild forests that kind of have you know driven by the sort of spirit of actually where they're just so aggressive so um yeah crucible of life um yeah there's heaps of life there still it's just sort of taken the aspect of that fiery kind of spirit i guess you could say um but yeah, and it was founded um, by the Andals of Andals of the Heldenhammer, so they're the uh, the Stormcast guys who the Stormcast Chamber, which um, which uh, dwell there. The uh, most so popular they're... ones. Who knew? Everyone, everyone <laughs> secretly doing Anvil Guard in their Stormcast armies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are pretty cool. <laughs> I like yeah the, the Helden the Andals of Heldenhammer are probably my favorite um, chamber as well. Probably because they're related to Shaiish a lot as well. <laughs> Yeah, 
they're, they're, they're the dark kind of murky ones, aren't they? So yeah. Um. Yeah. Should we move on to Hallow Heart? Yeah, Hallow Heart, the magic place. So uh, Hallow Heart is a city of wild and living magic. Hallow Heart is home to some of the most powerful spellcasters in the realm of fire. It is built upon a pillar of rock that descends into the shimmering abyss. Once home to a behemothic aberration of Zinch, but now filled with precious realmstone ripe for mining. So it's kind of this spire that's kind of being dug down into the ground, surrounded by kind of a, uh, a canyon, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, that's where all the ma- where there's a lot of magic influence here, being that once occupied by uh, Zinchian powers. So it's only it's only um, it's only natural that it's going to be very saturated in magics and things like that. So yeah, so it was um, yeah, I think the chasm was like the nest of a, a weird flame drake, which mm. is like a, a serp- like it was like a serpentine dragon that was made of living flame. Um, and the Zinch, corrupt, Zinch corrupted it, so obviously the Stormcast had to go in and and dispatch of it. Um, so it was, a, I think, it was a combined force of Hallowed Knights and um, Fire Slayers, mercenaries that they paid with, they paid off to come and help them. Yep. And um, yes, yeah, so they they killed that Drake, and uh, and were able to kind of claim this area and and then build the city in there because the the Drake kind of making it its nest. Obviously, it was a a creature made purely of magic and so it's massively like infused all of the rock and stuff around it with with magic and so it's made this very kind of mineral and resource rich land um so that's why they've they've built the city there yeah it's um also home to the the white fire court which is the great hall of the collegiate arcane so it's um constructed almost entirely from this material called um emberstone so it's like this, one of their magic, magically infused minerals, infused minerals uh, that are is present all throughout the region from you know coming from that um, that creature <laughs> living there. Um, but yeah, they kind of it says here that the the structure itself like is uh, it morphs and twists daily according to the whims of its occupants. <laughs> yeah, so you'd hope everyone's having a good day in there. Yeah, so I, it's I, cool. I, <laughs> probably but not always um... having a good day in there. Yeah, they kind of say that there's the devoted of Sigmar come up as being from here. Um, mm. And then obviously there's the Stormcast that are in there. And these um, ones always kind of remain vigilant because while everyone's like going, oh, this is cool, there's like magical power and everything there, kind of always because that Drake was corrupted by Zinch, they're always on the lookout for the slightest, yeah, like bit of Zinchian taint. And um, they're ready. The Hallowed Knights are kind of ready to uh to send the lord veritans in and sweep the streets if they need to yeah yeah um but the celestine cathedral as well so it's at the high city's highest point so that's a huge monument uh to the god king so it's a it's awe-inspiring palace of worship and uh basically stained glass windows and you know it's perpetually gleaming with the cleansing light of dawn so it's at the top there's this uh it's like a, a pinnacle of of um sigma worship uh, in this city as well yeah i imagine it's like made out of kind of white marble kind of look and very very grand um it, i guess if there was like a i think maybe like the what is it like sisters of battle saint celestine kind of the chapel type thing yeah i suppose you could say it's the it's, it's the uh it's the vatican of the um yeah pretty much of the mortal realms kind of thing 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, or maybe it's like the um, Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, like the absolutely massive kind of cathedral that's super grand. And yeah. I imagine it's been under construction for like millennia um, sort of thing. Um, yeah. It would be interesting to know if that that twists and morphs as well because of the Realmstone. I imagine that because that was made by the Stormcast, it's probably one fixed building. But yeah, it looks pretty... Um, looks pretty significant like this is not a small chasm it's a, a very big kind of yeah. abyss and, and and city within it um which is cool yeah and there's there's just the the, the population that live there are very much in, imbued with um just magical powers just by virtue of living there so like foot soldiers um all the way to the battle mages um they all share like a lingering portion of the energy that's um held in the in the in the area so uh so manifests in different ways like um, strange birthmarks um to an excess of inexplicable good fortune <laughs> and um yeah it's just everyone's kind of touched in some way from the magic from here so they can they've i think and that relates into some of the rules as well i believe which we'll, we'll touch on some of that a, a bit later but um there's a lot more magic resistance going on with with this army um in the lore as well as in game as well so yeah and it mentions i think that like the battle mages go off and um all quite regularly kind of just turn their talents to dispelling like predatory endless spells that are roaming the the landscapes and things like that because they're they find it really easy and like quite yeah. naturally attuned to it so they make it a bit of a living as uh, spell hunters which is cool yeah no, it's a cool. It's I really like the background for this one it's another one that i, I lean towards like lore wise as well yeah, that's yeah. good. I think it's one of the more popular ones too. Uh, yeah. Should we move on to Tempest Eye? Yes, we shall. So Tempest Eye, the enormous Titan Spear Mountain rises proudly above the ash plains of the Brimstone Peninsula in Akshi, its summit masked by banks of pure white clouds. Carved out of the bedrock of this immense monolith is Tempest Eye, a wondrous city of soaring towers and palaces that dominates both land and sky for many leagues around. So yeah, Tempest Eye is quite cool. It literally is a city at the top of the mountains. Yeah. Like it's it's a city in the clouds, but it is it's not floating. It's it's just right at the top of um some very tall mountains. Yep. And it's uh it's the storm keep for this one is uh, from the Tempest Lords. So these these are the so the warrior nobles um in the law, so they kind of the the storm the storm host that have been taken from noble families or throughout the mortal realms over time sort of thing so they have that kind of very uh, upper class net aristocratic kind of um outlook i suppose you could say <laughs> um but yeah that's the that's the tempest lords this is their city uh, and they're firmly rooted in the city's politics and law lawmaking more than is usual for a storm hope so they're a bit more involved in the running of the city um but yeah so it's here they're being recruited from the aristocratic dynasties of harsh um the Tempest Lords see themselves not just as warriors, but as rulers born to inspire the less learned and wise than themselves. So, yeah. jerks, in other words. I was about to say, why do I like Tempest Eye? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's cool because um, it also says, like, although obviously the city is like at the top of the mountain, it's not just there. So it's kind of stretching out like from the base of the mountain. It's got. Um, like loads of these fortified outposts and war camps uh, where all the like the free guild stuff 
um, kind of lives, and a significant portion of the city's military might consists of cavalry forces, such as yeah. the Outriders and Pistoliers, um, which is quite cool. So they've kind of got this big presence in the main cities at the top where all of the, the kind of flying stuff can go in and out, like the airships of like Caradron overlords and stuff like that. But then yeah. they've also got all the free guild, like cavalry patrolling the lands for like leagues around the base of the mountain as well so it's like got this huge kind of area that it covers yeah 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 cool um so yeah no it's cool and it's uh yeah it says that the the duarden from uh like carriage and overlords have realized that they can trade really well with this city so um they've kind of earned great profits by trading with the eye as it's known um, yeah. And see it, and so they see it as an asset worth protecting because it makes them money. So they kind of lend their military might to help defend the city as well, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Tempest, there's only there's literally like half a page of law to draw on for the for this city. So um, yeah, yeah. Although I found that one weirdly quite evocative and quite cool. Like yeah. I like I like Tempest, like it's one of the ones that is like actually yeah if you it's one for like a board you could get a mountain and put a city on top of it and have some airships flying around it and you could put the pistoliers like in the fields around the map like you could make a board it, it it's not a lot but it it does give you quite a clear kind of picture yeah yeah which I quite like um but yeah and that is it they are the seven main cities that form the cities of Sigma um so whether they may add some more in the future who knows that's i think quite a cool thing with the format of this book that they could easily just in a year or two's time rather than it just being like oh we're going to redo the city's battle tome and just do it the same they could do another city's battle tome and just add six new cities like six new cities right some that are based maybe in as the campaigns moved on and they've got more of a foothold in Shaiish, for example, and stuff like that, it would be really cool to see what the yeah. other cities look like um, in the other realms. So they've got so much scope for this book. I think it's a really cool kind of format going forward for this mixed force that you can do that's constantly expanding and changing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't thought of it in that way before. That's um, that's really cool. I'd be cool to see if that happened. If it, yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I do find with this book is... Uh, the lack of kind of just a, a generic city like that you can't of, make like, your own and you actually have to be you from have to one take of these it, you have to take it from one of the realm like a realm in particular and you sort of you know they're not quite you're not quite at the, the point yet where you got the freedom to i want to build a city in in gur i want my city to come from gur and you know i can just use the the generic rules for it but i guess they're also tailored to the realms and very characteristic for each city that it's kind of you know, it's hard to kind of to do that, I suppose. But yeah, just thought that was an interesting choice because other battle terms have got like a kind of vanilla or non, um, yeah, or just like a generic um, set of abilities. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, like no court, like for the flesh eaters, they've got just no. You don't have to take a court, and but you still get access to some really cool rules. Yeah, but um, yeah. I w I wonder if just because it's such a big book, um, they it didn't like it might have been a lot harder to kind of build generic things and miss combos that could be very powerful with combined with certain units although to be honest they already have that in this book like there's very powerful combos you can make because of the fact that you can mix and match all the units even yeah. though it doesn't um necessarily fit the law um because that's what i was going to touch on it does 
reading this book from actually reading the law and reading it from a competitive um well not even necessarily competitive but just reading it from a gaming perspective it feels like potentially the law writers and the rules writers were like given either given different information or perhaps at some like what they were working to got changed partway mm. like partway along because the law very much makes it seem like the cities as they are described are like the places where you will find those races so like Amblegard is the place where you find the hydras and the corsairs and all of that stuff and phoenicium is the place where you find the phoenixes and the phoenix temple um and like stuff like that but actually you can other than a couple of allies choices that go with the cities like caradron overlords can be included in tempesai and they can't be included in the other ones um like other than allies points yeah. Yeah. it's you can actually take any of the units in any of the cities and get like the battle line if options there's loads of them but yeah. they're not actually hardly any of them come from your choice of city they actually come from your choice of general so you can have them in any like you can have battle line um like black art corsairs in any city and yeah. they own but they're only battle line if you have like a fleet master as the general they're not even just like generic battle line in Amblegard, which seems really at odds with the law they've, um, gone, away, because... they've gone a different way around to achieve it so you kind of yeah by all means if you want to do that then you choose anvil guard but you're not yeah you can just do it just as well in if you want to like maybe get a different sort of uh, style, different style with the, the models, you can just take the same, essentially take the same army, but just apply a different set of allegiance abilities to kind of mix it up a bit, stuff like that. Maybe they wanted to give that flexibility maybe, but yeah, like it's, it's quite interesting because especially from a, it's led to some interesting combos with like the gaming where you would have thought again, like gray water fastness, we would have thought that's where you'd see all your, like, yeah. Um, Dwardin, and like handgunners and stuff like that but actually most of the kind of competitive builds anyway you're probably seeing them in hollow heart because of the ability to cast like the bridge so all the shooting armies because hollow heart's so good at casting magic it can yeah. pretty much guarantee that you can cast the bridge and then all the shooting armies seem to work much better um yeah and things like that or like all of the free guild stuff i just got the impression that it should either be in kind of hammer hall but you probably don't really take it in you don't take that free guild stuff really in Hammer Hall if you're writing it. Um, you you tend to take it in like Tempest Eye or something like that mm. because it's better. Just the rules for Tempest Eye are really around shooting. Um, so you probably put the stuff in Tempest Eye, but then reading the lore, it doesn't necessarily suggest that you should have loads of free guild troops like handgunners yeah, yeah. and crossbowmen because yep. you should have just the pistolers and pistolers and stuff outriders yeah. and they do they are that is one of the options yeah. that become battle line if you take a city but i was I, I genuinely think it's only like four i think it's the two monsters are battle line if you take ample guard so like hydras and charybdis and then i think the um free guild like pistolers and outriders become battle line if they're in um like tempest eye so um but everything else is all just whatever general you select okay so yeah. um yeah it's interesting yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying yeah definitely but yeah um 
it it just felt like there's a bit of a a slight disconnect in in some of how they've written it like um hello heart for example reading the law it very much quite a lot of the law mentioned the fire slayer mercenaries that they're paid because they're paid because hello heart has lots of money and so the fire slayers are always there defending the city and stuff like that but actually hello heart gets no bonuses no extra like access to fire slayers or anything like that they're just standard allies for any of the cities yeah yeah so there's just a few things like that where it does feel like the rules for what armies you can build don't actually tie back to the law that's presented and there isn't that and given that there isn't actually that much law either it definitely feels like perhaps the design teams will disconnect yeah, they were either not. Yeah, they're either not talking, or the brief got changed halfway through the project for either the rules writers or the the law writers, and so they couldn't amend both parts or something like that. It just it does feel slightly disconnected, but yeah. not enough that it makes it a bad book. Um, I yeah. just would have liked some more law to be honest, but I yeah. I still think they give you enough to give you a a picture, a flavor of the cities, and um, I think it's a really cool concept for an army book as well and like i said they could quite easily do a second cities of sigma book that's not a rewrite it's just his six more maybe they were just um taking that approach but trying to sort of achieve that through the allegiance abilities artifacts spells and all that sort of stuff maybe that was their just their thinking their line of approach perhaps but, um... yeah i mean i mean the rules for the cities definitely reflect that background as you said with um but like hello with hello heart the trick the choice it's not so much yeah yeah like the magic attunement and being able to like shrug off magic and things like that and then being spell casters they get a bigger spell law than any of the other cities and and things like that so that the rules the rules for the cities definitely seem to kind of match up um but yeah just maybe not the actual yeah. selections of the army well, they kind of like, and we we won't touch it in this, but um, they there is more law in the book, but they sort of drill down into it um for each sort of faction. So they got the, they've got a couple of pages on the um, you know, the collegiate arcane, the free guilds get sort of fleshed out a bit more in their own little section, dispossess, Ironworld arsenal, uh, the darkling covens um get get more um scourge privateers, shadow blades, phoenix temple wanderers, order serpentis. Um, it's got a few pages here on um, on their background, so I guess without digging deep into deeper into those as well, like um, perhaps the, you know you, maybe that sort of side of things falls into place more with the um, in these sections, maybe. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean they they definitely yeah they do give you background on all of the individual factions as well, mm. um, but yeah, just in terms of the actual cities um themselves yeah. that's that's what it is um it's not a it's not a massive book on law um but it's 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 still a really good book and i really enjoyed it um yeah. and yeah just just from those couple pages uh, there's ideas there for display boards or gaming boards and yeah it's and a, there's definitely, your army yeah there's definitely enough in in there to like plant a seed um yeah. and then just for people just to go off on their own to them um, to play living city no pun intended <laughs> just plant a seed yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally intended. <laughs> cool. But yeah, um, well, yeah, I think that about wraps up 
the first part to this show. So we hope you've enjoyed that. Let us know if you enjoyed hearing about the law for a change. And um, yeah, listen to the next few episodes that will be coming out where I'll be getting in touch with some prominent members of the Australian scene um, known for playing Cities of Sigma. And we'll be doing a deep dive into all of the cities going really in depth in this book across multiple parts. So you can really kind of get dug into all that, all that goodness. So as always, thanks for listening. And if you want to follow me, you can find me at Wounded Mortally on Twitter. And you can find me at Duke Catrick on Instagram. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care and stay inside and wash your hands. Yes, stay inside. (laughs) 